Galaz with Porta Pro Car Sales Training Podcast. Become a sales titan. We're doing another bonus episode. I love doing these bonus episodes. It mixes up the season. We are currently in season six. We just did episode one, and I'm about to release episode two, the 11 steps of the sale. It's time to go over the 11 steps. I've been talking about them for quite a while, and now I want to do a podcast episode about the 11 steps of the sale. But first, We're going to enjoy a bonus episode, one-on-one training session with someone from the East Coast here in the U.S. named Jason Nassif. Jason is an original podcast Porter Pro listener. He's been around since the first episode, and he finally did a one-on-one training session with me, and it went great, and I'm happy to share it with all my listeners out there. If you want to book a one-on-one training session with me, Porter Pro, Kyle Galaz, message me on Facebook, search for Kyle Galaz, or DM me on Instagram. Porter Pro underscore car sales training. Find me. Let's get hooked up. Let's do a one-on-one training session. If you want to keep the training session private, you can, but you can have the video for all of eternity to refer to. And if you want to make it public, you may make it onto the podcast on Spotify and around the globe. Porter Pro is in 68 plus countries around the world. The podcast is growing. And it's from people like you sharing the podcast. So I appreciate your guys' support. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. One-on-one training session with Jason Nassif. Yeah, awesome, man. Cool, we're hooked up. Yeah, finally. How you doing? Doing good, man. Wow, it's it's crazy meeting you in person because you're one of my original listeners from like the beginning episode, I think. Yeah, yeah. I know it's crazy because I think what happened was that that podcast when i was searching for car sales podcast yours popped up and it was so fresh i think you had it on what youtube or spotify spotify and and then um and then i put it on youtube also yeah which is crazy and then i found i was like wow i'm like this is super easy and i did exactly like how you explained in the podcast of like listening to it in the car and listen to it at my desk and that's kind of like I sat around and I had nothing going on. I'm like, none of the guys here are going to try to train me how to do anything like this. So I'm just going to, you know, sit here and listen to it and walk the showroom and try to find a customer. Very, very you know? cool. Well, yeah, it, man, it's, it's crazy how much it's grown. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. You know, um, it, and when I get messages from people that I've helped, like even just get a job like the. I get comments like, hey, you helped me with confidence to get the job and to go in and try a dealership out. And, you know, and and you've been you've been kind to me since the beginning. So I appreciate you, Jason. And it's funny seeing your face because all I know is Nassif Motorsports. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's crazy because like we only like know each other online by like certain things like training and obviously people you help. But then once you meet people in person face to face it's it's really cool man it goes to show you how everything you know there's more to it than just training right it's all these relationships you make with people yeah a lot of times it's who you know and uh i i'm proud to meet you in person and you had some great topics and and there are challenging topics too because some of the stuff i'm not familiar with like getting over the past career uh, well, not necessarily past career, but you know, going from finance back to sales. But yeah, 
I've been around people that have that have done that enough times to know kind of what you're going through. I'm going to help you with some tips and tricks to get you through it. Um, so just to recap kind of what you wanted to go over, being the new guy, no book of business, finance back to sales, make myself stand out as a new guy with experience, one with experience, a new salesman stand out from its peers, from his peers, and then getting over the past careers, didn't work out at the dealership, um, and then routines, time management skills, uh, make the most of your day so the day goes by quick. So yeah, you had some good topics and we'll get right into it. Do you, do you have any questions for me before we start at all? Yeah, no, not really. I, um, I mean, those are the things ever since, you know, I even thought about going back into, you know, the sales floor that I was really thinking about. Um, and those, honestly, when I ended up taking the plunge and doing it, I said, you know what, I, I've done the job before and I'll, I'll figure it back out like I did before. But I obviously I'm going back into this with an I have a new skill set. I've obviously did a different dimension of the business. And now what I'm trying to do is like, I, I kind of want to like reinvent myself as an even better salesperson. And honestly, like, yeah, I was a finance manager, but at the end of the day, Kyle, I still, I still sold. I'm not in there just printing paperwork. I'm selling um, intangible items like warranties and tire and wheel. And I kind of talked to you about this in the past, but I kind of lost a little bit of passion for the car business doing that in a way, because I like to, you know, give a customer a good experience, create a relationship, make a friend and customers never come into the dealership really. Hey, I, I really like putting coding on my car. I really like warranty. What do you have for options? No one does that. What really brings it in is the vehicle. And obviously a lot of people, you know, you end up making a friend at the end, I feel like too. Yeah, you know, and that, that's what I missed a lot, you know, and, and I'm realizing it now. Yeah, finance is a, a great money maker, but it's not it's not as fulfilling as the sales position like you're mentioning. It's it's strictly you're going to make some money and you're going to do paperwork and you're going to go home, um, you know, and you, you'll, you'll have some good experiences back there. But mainly they're closing experiences. Yeah, I closed that guy on the warranty. It's not necessarily experiences like, man, I'm going to go to that guy's house for a barbecue or, you know, he invited me to his, his son's basketball game. You you get less of that in the finance department and you get rarely any of that in the GM position, let alone the sales manager position. You don't really get a whole lot of that. But uh, the sales department is where the fun happens, where the excitement happens. The sales department is where the 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 fun chaos can happen and you know the all that stuff the stuff you just explained so let's talk about being the new guy so just to catch me up you went to a new dealership as a salesperson correct yeah and the dealership's actually uh it's the number one land rover dealership in new england um they just got a fresh new um inventory everything's been revamped range rover sport brand new range rover big body um really hot product right now and that dealership is really making waves in the market which really attracted me towards it other than the product and their gm for that location just won the 40 under 40 through automo uh, automotive news 
and he's only about 34, 35 years old, and he's the uh, the owner's son, who's the general manager of the um, the Land Rover store. That that's honestly kind of like the golden tower out of all their dealerships, and they sell about 140 to 160 Rovers or Defenders a month. Wow. You know? So they and that that's a lot for that style car because it's more yeah. like a boutique style car, but man, they're those guys are really pumping units out. Um, and there's the one thing I, I really liked about this place when I interviewed, I asked them how long the, the longest lasting person's been there and the shortest amount. And the longest lasting person's been there about 18 years as a salesperson. And this guy is doing like 25 plus a month, big book of business. Um, and everybody else is still like seven, eight, nine years, Kyle. So it's, as you know, it's it's very hard to find people that stay loyal to a place that long, especially as a salesperson. One, if there was no opportunity, or two, it didn't pay. You know. Right. Yeah, it's hard to retain a guy without paying him a lot. So obviously, that dealership has a good pay plan, and it's rewarding, and they got a good support system for their sales guys. For people to want to stay that long, no one stays there eighteen years if they're making fifty grand or less a year. You know, they're making big money there, 100 plus, I guarantee it. And you're going to get a piece yeah. of pie and you're going to be the number one guy. You know, that's that's yeah. what we're doing here. So let's get into it. So the 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 thing I wanted to harp on the most right out of the gate was you're going from I got notes right here. So if I'm looking right here, I'm just looking at my my page and notes, is you're going from finance back to sales. OK, that's kind of where you're at right now. And you 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 were a salesman in finance, but now you're going back to what you feel or some people may feel is like, oh, I was here in, in the dealership and now I'm, I'm back to sales, almost like a downgrade or a, a demotion type thing. But that can be a fresh start and a fresh start can be everything to a person's career. And I know because I have experience in a fresh start, but where I want to put a lot of emphasis is it's an honor. I'm going to look at the camera. It's an honor to be able to help these customers buy their dream. It's an honor to be able to convince a customer to buy a product they've never bought before over the competition. It's an honor as a sales guy to go above and beyond the call of duty to earn people's business, to for them to send their kids, their friends, their coworkers to Jason yep. at, at the Range Rover store or the Land Rover store. What's it called? Range Rover? Land Rover. Well, the Land Rover, it's just the umbrella. And then you have yeah, Land, Land Rover. Rover. It's really Land Rover, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it always throws me <laughs> off. <laughs> I know, I know. It did for me too. <laughs> Land Rover. But but take this as not a negative thing. Take this as, as a positive choice that I want to go back and, and help people accomplish their dreams. And when you take it into that light, I'm making dreams come true every single day. You're going to get rid of that. I lost it. I got demoted or I chose to go lower rank. That's out the window. I act, I chose as a salesperson to help people fulfill a dream and get a beautiful product. And this is where I belong. And when you, when you can start fresh mentally like that, and I'm here to help the customer and all I care about is making dreams come true. Then it's like, okay, now I can start building up to where I was at before and, and surpass it. Because a guy that's been in finance before will get back to finance. You've made a you made a scar. You know, people get scars, they get punched again. The scar splits open even easier next time because the scar tissue yeah. is easy to cut. So when you have a, a, a 
when you already have experience or that scar in getting promoted, it's going to happen again. It it will. Yeah. That's why that first promotion is so hard to get in the car business. My gosh, what do I have to do to get promoted? Because you got that yeah. skin, you don't have a scar, you can take a beating and it's like, when do I get my chance? But just know that if you truly want to go back to finance, you will get there. If you want to stay in sales, you you can stay in sales at this new dealership. And um, it's just which path do you want to go? So uh, I think it's not necessarily a step down. It's just a, a, a sidestep. You got to have something toxic. You get a fresh start and have that mindset. I get to make dreams come true every day and tell people that. You know, you don't yeah. have to tell people that you were in finance before, but if it comes up, what did you do before this? Since you're the new guy, I did finance before. I, I want to provide a great experience. So I decided to demote myself, which sounds crazy, but I'm here to serve you. And I want to make this an experience for you, Mr. Customer. And you can turn that negativity into a positive selling point And, but start with that mindset. This is a fresh start. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's an honor. I wrote it here. It's an honor to be able to help people. It really is. Because before you were a salesman, all you thought about was, man, how much money can I make as a salesman? Like you were, yeah. you were so excited to be a salesman. Then you got to a salesman. Don't lose that excitement. Put that back in you that I'm going to, how much money can I make as a salesman at this new dealership? I'm going to beat the top guys and have that fire in you, you know, and that passion. Yeah. And when you start getting that back and you really put the customer first and you think uh, there's a new Jason 2.0, look out, you're going to make waves at your dealership and you're going to stand out, which kind of goes into the other, the other thing is making myself stand out as the new guy and one with experience, because now you have experience, there's expectations. Yep, Exactly. You might exactly. You might have already heard it. Let's see what you can do. You know, have have you felt that from your managers yet, or anybody? Um, in a way, but not like I'm so new to everybody, Kyle. That I don't. I'm still trying to learn people and their demeanor and how they really are, because kind of like what I've taken from your podcast. I don't really, if I find myself kind of standing there bullshitting with people instead of talking to a customer, I feel like, oh, like that's when I kind of, that's when I kind of pull the red tab on myself. I'm like, whoa, like go learn the product. You don't know it enough or go talk to a customer and bullshit with them instead and get beneficial out of it. But, you know, the only thing that they kind of, I mean, not really, to be honest with you, I feel like they just know I, they have a preconceived notion that I already know how to do the job, you know? And I feel like they they already gave me so much independence right off the bat that being a finance manager, to kind of give you an idea of how I feel right now in the current situation is that I used to be a finance manager, have deals brought to me, and it's kind of like hunting. You wait for the perfect opportunity and then you take it. Where in sales, you have to go out and hunt. You don't just sit. So for me, I, I always try to stay active and let these guys know, hey, do you have anybody I can call? Do you have anybody that needs help? Is there anything that I can do in the meantime? Because I was so used to seeing when the next deal was going to drop. And now I'm going to the other side where I know if I sit and get comfortable like it did in the finance office, I'm going to start to rust. And then if somebody comes in, it's like, oh, so I'm 
slowly rewiring myself to be back into the salesman mentality where I'll take anybody, anytime, anywhere and do what I can. And that's what I've been doing. And I'm already kind of like, I've done three deals. I've been there for a week and I'm already kind of getting the comments of like, whoa, the new guy, like all this other stuff. Some people may have known I'd done finance. And then some people like, the, I don't, I've only told the sales managers because obviously I want them to know that, hey, I understand how it works once it goes to that point. Um, but for the most part, I kind of, like you always said, stay mysterious and, you know, stay friendly with everybody. But I'm not going to, you know, tell everybody, oh, I know how this goes because I did that job already. I kind of like playing the, the quiet guy, let the success make the noise type of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I guess... You could say that they know I know how to do the job and they've left me very independent, but I want to be, I, I want to police myself. And that's something I always did as a salesperson. Cause I know that the sales manager behind the desk, he's going to get the deals from somebody else. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't pay my bills. So I have to do what I need to do to survive, you know? So that's, I'm going back into like that dog mentality instead of that, you know, that sniper one where I'm like, I got to wait for the salesperson to bring me the deal. No, now I have to go out and get it. Yeah. Which I like, which I like better with sales. Cause I would hate finance when I would sit around. You got to think of it like a, like a ball player. You, if you just get up like LeBron James or Brady, they don't just get off the bench and start throwing touchdowns or slam dunks. They warm up, you know? And like, that's why, with finance, I would have the biggest, um, I'd have monster deals if I was back to back because now I'm a well-oiled machine. And that's something that, you know, if you're just sitting and doing nothing, I'd go crazy. So with sales, even though if I don't have deals coming in, or I'm sorry, with, with sales, I can still engage myself with training the product, role-playing with somebody, or just trying to get better all the time because you're never going to know it all. Yes, very, very good. It, you know, hearing you talk, it, it shows me what level of understanding you are at in the car business. You're yep. not you're not a noob. You're not a newbie. Um, and you understand where you're at and you understand your skill set. That's an important thing to do. And your verbiage is just in that last you know couple minutes of you explaining explaining that it, it shows me that you're fluid also. Not that you're you're pitching anything, but just the way your mouth moves, the way your words come out, the way you uh, the power in your voice. So you have a lot of the good fundamentals of selling. I mean, it's like that little thing you did right there explaining was clean, understandable, uh, no funky words. You know, it was just very precise. So and you got your point across. So very, very good. That That's a good it's a good foundation to have. The way you project your voice is powerful, too. That's a very, very important thing to have when you're trying to convince a customer to buy your product. When you talk in the ums and the, well, I, you know, let me checks and the, okay, yeah, I think it, it, you know that. And you know, selling Land Rover, you can't, you can't do that at all. You have a client that is a, a business professional on the other side that makes three, four, five hundred, a million dollars a year that speaks the way yeah. you just spoke to me. So kudos to you. Pat yourself on the back for those in-between things that I can catch from you that you do have that verbal talent. So you have a great basis already. 
It's just a matter of getting you fluid again, like you said, getting you back to the well-oiled machine as a salesperson. So yeah, ways, no you can, ways you can stand out as the new guy, one with experience, and you kind of mentioned this, is you stay out of the huddle. I know exactly where all my salespeople are at, usually at, at any given moment, unless they're on a test drive or something, I didn't see them. And I know where the huddle's at. I know where they're hiding out. I know where they're uh, excelling and doing good. So if you want to stand out, don't worry about anything but you and a customer, which you know, because somebody yeah. is always watching. It may be someone that you don't even know works there yet. It may be the GM that's looking at you through a security camera. It may be the owner that happens to be pulled up, but he hasn't got out of his car yet, you know, and he's having some coffee on a on a phone call in his car. There's all these little things that will stand out that you don't have to you don't have to put on a show. You just do. I'm going to work. I'm getting a customer. I'm going to work the service drive. I'm going to make my calls. I'm not going to fiddle around in a huddle. Those are little things to stand out. Other things to stand out is having perfect paperwork or near perfect clean handwriting, complete files, complete trade appraisals, and you come to the desk with a pap with paperwork that is like, okay, I don't have to ask Jason to go back to his desk to get this or get that or whatever. Or, where's the driver's license? It's right there. I expanded it, made it big, so it's legible. Oh, shoot, okay. Like, those little things start adding up if you really want to stand out. And you being, like, I, I talk about this a lot, the wolf, the wolf has to run and walk up to 40 miles a day to get food a wolf never stops it's kind of the perfect analogy for the car business because yeah we're not farm animals no one's going to feed us you know we're not sheep and cows that we just walk to the bucket and there's food in there we have to stay on the go and i i can see the guys that are on the go all day in my staff versus the guys that are just waiting around so low hanging yeah, exactly. So if you want to stand out as the new guy, stay busy, stay focused, stay sharp, stay learning, stay with customers, you know, all those little things, keep the tight paperwork, mingle with managers, mingle with the GM, not as a brown nose and sucking up and can I get you a coffee? Can I get you a drink? But how about you go to your sales manager and say, or your, whoever's there and say, hey, I need some internet leads. You got any that are floating around in there? you know, something, you got any referrals, you know, work them too. They may not have a referral. They may not have a, uh, an internet lead to give you, but it shows to them that you you're hunting for something. Hey, it's kind of slow on the lot. Do you guys have any extra internet leads or inquiries or lease by, you know, people that are coming up on their leases that I can call. And, and that's how you stand out. Um, of course, selling a ton of cars will, will make you stand out too. OK, but you've met this salesman, the salesman that sells a lot of cars, that has the worst paperwork, that has the dirtiest desk, that has the not the greatest hygiene. You know, that guy can sell cars, but he's always going to be the sales guy. And then and then you meet the Jason guy that can sell a bunch of cars and has perfect paperwork and looks sharp and, and sounds sharp and doesn't cuss in the showroom and doesn't vape in front of the showroom. You know, it's not smoking all the time. Like, okay, this, I can look at this guy as more of a salesman. This is a business professional. That's another way to stand out. Okay. Um, standing out from your peers, kind of the same thing. Always stay positive. Yeah. Um, th this is something that I was taught 
later in my career. I was I've been in the business at this point 12 or 13 years and a manager told me we have to put the dealership first always. We have to protect the dealership. If you have a customer that is questionable and it may be lying about job time or the license doesn't look right, put the dealership first. Get people involved and say, is this license right? I, I'm I'm not selling this person a car with a fake license. And, and that stands out. That's a big thing because the owner and the GMs and the managers are like, this guy cares more about the dealership than himself. Hey, this this person put down the credit at five thousand a month, but she, you know she works part time at Walmart. And I ain't trying to get a car deal fraud in a bank like that. Yeah, I I never heard uh, I never heard that when I got in the car business. It's like sell a car it doesn't matter what it you do whatever it takes to sell the car, and and there was some of that fudging on credit apps and job time and residence time and and income. Oh, they have an eight hundred credit score. Just put that they make ten thousand a month. Uh, uh-uh. you want to stand out, do the honest thing. You want to stand out, put the dealerships, uh, protect the dealership. And if you see something on a trade in, that's like, you know, there's a giant crack in the frame and, and you saw it and, but the manager didn't bring it up because when you take that vehicle in on trade and the dealership loses 20,000 bucks to fix it, or they have to wholesale or, you know, something crazy, and, but you brought it up, you protect the dealership. That's a big thing. And now as me as a sales manager, I realize how important that is. We cannot put the cut the dealership at jeopardy for a car deal. What if the dealership loses its uh, dealer license because we we did some funky thing, you know? So that to me stands out a lot. So think of those things too. Am I putting the dealership first or myself? You may lose a deal here and there, you know, twice a year, but you, those those brownie points might be worth way more than you know, the $300 commission. So that's something that stands out to me. Another thing that stands out to me that can uh, stand out from your peers is never skipping the steps of the sale. When when I work a deal and I ask my sales guy, hey, how did they like the way it drove? Oh, they didn't want to drive it. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you think you're going to be able to close this guy at full price if you haven't test driven him? Like, do you understand? Yeah, exactly. Do you understand what you've done? So, so that too, you know, um, how, how are you on the yeah, steps of the sale? They're, I mean, very good. The other day, I mean, I'm obviously repolishing myself. So, um, I listened to one of the podcasts you did, um, before, I think it was a recent one about the steps of the sale, the meet and greet, the needs analysis, um, demo drive. Um, four was, trying to remember off the top of my head, let's see how good I am. Um, <laughs> I want to say, was it right up? So, so check this out. I'm happy that you brought this up because this has to be in the memory bank with no hesitation, okay? Meet yep. and greet. Needs assessment slash build rapport, right? Build rapport, yep. Pre- product presentation, which is the walk around. Demo drive. After the demo drive, we, we we work numbers, but we close the deal. There's no negotiating, man. We we are here to close the deal. Yes, you're going to have the grind every once in a while, but it's not after the test drive, I work numbers and negotiate. I thought that's what it was. No, you're coming in, I'm closing you. 
And if I can't close yeah. you, I'm going to have my manager help. And if he can't close you, then we'll have to give up some money to make the deal. But yes, you are on the right. You, you have the right steps. You had five is the demo drive. Six is the close the deal. Seven paper finance do delivery. You know, there's a couple extras in there, but that first six is very important, but go ahead. Not skipping. This yeah. Step. So yeah, exactly. Like the, the one other thing too, that I, I wanted to run by you is customers and this is kind of funky because it was since COVID it was kind of they normalized this a little bit but I wanted to see what your thoughts were on it when a customer wants to test drive by themselves because that's a double-edged sword right yeah because if a customer wants to go by themselves they want you have to respect their personal space if obviously they I don't know how much research they may have done Kyle before they came into the dealership and maybe they already drove that car somewhere else and they're just making sure it checks the box. But then on the other side, I feel like I should be in the car with them. So if something isn't making sense, a side mirror doesn't look good, and they don't know how to use the button, that could blow a whole car deal. And they're like, I, I didn't know how to use it. There's too much technology in that car. Uh, do you have a car? I got to go. And, and, I, and that's something that I, always, I will always ask the customer, um, would you mind if I come with you for the ride? And then some people, you know, it's, it's really up to them if they're like, oh, no, I know the area. I'll go on my own. Um, but most of the time I do like to go. But that's something I wanted to run by you to kind of see what your thoughts were on it. Yeah. So at our dealership, it's a non-negotiable. A salesman goes on the desk test drive. Um, and I, I worked the, my my first Ford store. You could put them out on on a test drive by themselves. Yep. But at my first Ford store, I was never making 100K or more a year. I go to a store that's mandatory you go on the test drive, other than a few exceptions, right? They want to take it to their mechanic real quick down the street and pay for an inspection. Or it's a two-seater Audi and the husband and wife want to go on a test drive. There's some exceptions. But other than that, after it was mandatory for me, I saw the value in it. So because it was mandatory... There was no asking like, hey, you mind if I go on a test drive with you? Because guess whose car that is? That is your Land Rover. That is the dealership's Land Rover. They don't get to choose if, yeah, you know, yeah, no, we're going to take it on our own. Just don't even bring it up that that's even an option. Uh, because you're right. They're going to go and, and can't figure out how to get to the, the AC. And, you know, this thing's too complicated. Or, they, or you're not going to be able to demonstrate all the cool things that a Land Rover can do. The different terrain settings. Why does it have snow, mud, sand, normal, sport? Like, why are there so many settings? Let me tell you why. Right? So, or if the car's making a weird noise because of, I don't know, air suspension or or whatever. Right? Yeah. You, want, you need to be there for that. So, if you can go on 100% of your test drives, other than those weird exception ones, go on them. Because you're a professional. And think about how important the demo drive is. I mean, it's it's like trying on the shoe. Um, you know, you do your beautiful walk around. You talk about all the things they're going to experience on the test drive. And then you don't go on it, you know, with them. But it sounds like you try to go on all of them. But I wouldn't even ask. I'd say, I'm so happy that we're going on a test drive because there's a few things I want to show you that are key that, that make Land Rover different than the competition. Everyone makes a good, you know, luxury SUV. But nobody makes one like Land Rover. 
And yes, you're not going to be taking it off road all the time. And, you know, you're not going to be climbing mountains with mud and snow. But wouldn't you rather own something that has the capability and you don't use it versus one that can't do it in, at all? And they're the same price. Exactly. This is why I want to go on the test drive with you, because I want to show you these things. And then, boom. Yeah, I want to know these things. I want you to see every uh, value advantage my vehicle has over the competition. So when we're on the test drive, I'm going to show you a few of these buttons. We're going to stop. We're going to switch over to different modes. And I want you to really feel and listen to how the vehicle changes. When you buy a Land Rover, you're buying five Land Rovers. When you buy the competition, you're buying one. And I'm going to tell you what I mean when we go on the test drive and why Land Rover is one of the best off-road luxury SUV vehicles that have the smoothest ride that you've ever experienced. This is why we sell hundreds of these things a month when other Land Rover dealerships sell 10. Yeah. Because we make sure our customers know how much this thing comes with. And it and half of it's on the test drive. So don't make it negotiable. Just I'm going with you. This is how I you know and think about it if i go on the test drive i can build that much more value that surpasses the price and you know what else is really cool kyle is that our dealership the way that we have it built i could try to see if i could send you a photo later on we have a terrain setup where they don't let the customers drive on it obviously because of safety and stuff but you can take like a defender even if you wanted to do a sport or a full body Range Rover and you can show them the capability that car has with like a little, we have like a little demo stage to show you how that car operates when it's on that type of terrain, which I'm in the car business. I, I saw a lot of gimmicky things. That was really cool to me that they go to that extent of like, Hey, obviously, like you said, not everybody's doing that all the time, but if they want to see what it's about, yeah, I can show you right here. Yeah, you know, because you're not gonna, and it's a nice, clean, like architectural design made specifically for it, which is really nice. Yep. So yeah, that that's something that I can't wait to kind of show people too, because you can't find that anywhere else. Yep. Okay, so I'm gonna. You you just said a few a key things that that is very important. <laughs> um, when you were a little kid, Jason, did your parents ever take you to a museum, or grandma take you to a yeah. museum? Okay. Yep. When you're a 10 year old kid full of energy and you go to a museum, what, what was the most important thing or what was the, the funnest thing about the museum? Can you remember? Uh, just seeing things I haven't seen before. Obviously I'm in a new environment and everything is kind of like there for the, for the taking. Okay. Now, did you did you ever go to the museum and it, and it was like when are we going to leave? No, not for the most part. Okay. So you're you're a learner. This is good. You like to absorb. But where I'm getting at is when when a kid goes into a museum and they go look at the dinosaurs and they go look at the paintings and then the gems and the stones and the diamonds, it's pretty awe-inspiring. But the place that attracts the most kids in a museum is the place that's interactive in the museum. Okay. Yeah. When, when you go to a museum as an adult, all the kids are at the place where you can dig up, up the sand and find a dinosaur bone, you know, or, or use a laser to draw on the wall. The interactive stuff is the, is where you're going to find all the kids when yeah. you're at your dealership. And this is another selling point 
the the stuff that's the funnest for a customer that especially has never owned the brand before is the interactive stuff. Okay, so when you use this this uh, this thinking, like I'm going to the museum and I'm and I'm getting a walk around. Okay, a beautiful walk around from Mr. Jason Nassif. I'm getting this walk around. That's me viewing. That's me viewing the vehicle, viewing the museum. The interactive part is the test drive and that off-road course that you guys have. Now, when you're doing interactive stuff, you got to make sure the customer is involved. You know, um, so is there a place on that off-road thing that you could stop and look underneath the vehicle or or see how the articulation happens? Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not like this big intimidating like mountain, but it, it's it's right at the entrance. And we usually, what's cool is that we'll usually stage a car up there too. So when people come in, it's like, it's kind of like, it makes the car like a statue. It's really cool. Okay. Uh, um, but we, we don't use it as much as I would think. Um, Cause more people are more kind of looking for like, you know, what they're doing every day, highway driving, yeah. back roads and so forth. But you do get the enthusiasts and people that want to see that type of capability. Yeah, and you can you can use those those displays for any customer. You know, if it, if it's a, the commuter, you can go in there and say, "Listen, I just want to show you this because if you hit a pothole in this thing on the freeway, look at the suspension. Some of these SUVs have such small suspension that all that pothole gets absorbed in the wheel and tire." damages the thing you have a land rover that has all this articulation suspension that can absorb those potholes okay so there's the freeway guy you get the the off-road guy that one's the easy one really any yeah. customer have you ever have you ever hit a uh, uh a parking curb everyone's hit the parking curb a little too hard with their tire you see these a arms and swing arms look at how thick the metal is this this is the kind of stuff that makes land rovers last so long is how powerful and thick and strong these metals are so when you're doing these walk arounds and doing all this good stuff jason you try to use every tool you have at your dealership okay there's a reason why this dealership is one of the best of the best obviously it has great displays it has good inventory so use every advantage you can with that customer, even if it's a silly little ramp with rocks on it, to show off that product. But going back to the test drive, definitely go on the test drive. You got to point yeah. stuff okay. out. Make make it a non-negotiable for yourself, unless there's a weird exception. Got it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> getting over past careers that didn't work out. We kind of talked about this a little bit with, you know, you going from finance to sales. But one of the things you put on here is ways to activate positive thinking. Okay. So one of the ways is what we talked about. It's about the cut, making customers' dreams come true. If you truly are in that mindset, I'm here to help people you know, make a difference in the car business and build a clientele, you have to do that. Some of the top salespeople in the U.S. sell more referrals than they do fresh ups and internet leads. The only way you get referrals is what? giving a positive experience with someone and then they'll create fans for yourself. Yes. When a customer detects that you're in it for them, they'll come back and send people. When a customer detects you're in it for you, you're going to get the one sale and maybe never. Again. Okay. So remember that little saying there. 
So when you're helping these people, if you truly want to make a difference in your career and go to the next level and start getting referrals, you need to make it about them. And, and you can say stuff like, one of the things I hang my hat on is I don't lie to customers. Even if me telling the truth makes me lose the car deal. Exactly. Dude, oh, there, a salesman is willing to lose a car deal by telling the truth. I want to do business with this guy. And they're going to tell their friends and neighbors and cousins and coworkers, you need to go see Jason because he's not going to lie. He will lose a car deal before he lies. You start building advocates. Okay. But yeah. uh, activating positive thinking, that's step one. Another one is positive pays. Positive has a infinite upside. Negativity gets you to zero. Nothing. Yeah. So you could have like a, a, a medium mindset. You're positive. You're kind of negative here sometimes. But if you go to that negative, you're going to eventually hit rock bottom. And you know those car salesmen. You've met those car salesmen. We, we all know them. They can barely sell five a yep. month. They're four a month. They hate their job. They hate their life. They hate everything. If they could just switch it to if I, positive pays and there's an infinite upside, you could make a billion dollars in the next 10 years. Positivity pays. Now, some people will say, you're always positive, da, 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 da. You're gonna have haters. The more positive you are, Jason, the more haters you're gonna have because you have. they wanna, they wanna stay in this area of kind of positive, but anything above kind of positive is now negative. Yeah. Right? Now negative is way down here. You're, you're on a different level. And you're and when you start seeing those haters, realize it's because I'm freaking positive. I only see positive. Oh, we're in it that we're in the here's an example. Oh, we paid too much for this car. It's not worth we're not gonna make that much on the gross for when we sell it on the trade-in. We paid too much. Or I'm glad we have it to sell. I would rather have half yeah, half full, half empty mentality. Yeah, I mean I'd rather have the car that only has one pound in it. Then not have it because that one pounder that I sold could have some back in and that one pounder customer could, could have four people that he sends to me. That's right. So that positive pays, it, it's always going to pay. You can't go wrong with positive. So um, use that as fuel, positive pays, activate that positive thinking, and just know that if I'm negative, I make less money. So which one is it? Okay. <clears throat> Here's where I, I have, a little bit of experience in getting over a past career. I worked at that Ford store for 11 and, 11 and a half years in Bakersfield. I was a salesman for 11 and a half years, but Bakersfield, California was getting too much crime. They let a, a lot of the low level prisoners out. So your windows are getting broken in all the time. My wife's purse got stolen. I have two little daughters and I thought I need to go to a safer place. So I left California. The sucky part is, is I lost the dealership I worked at. But when I went to this new dealership, I thought, okay, this is a new start, like Jason. Not necessarily I went from finance to sales, but I went 11 and a half years to nothing. And not only nothing, I'm in a new town and I know zero people. I don't know anybody, but I do know my work ethic and I do know my skill. And that's what you know. You know your skill, your work ethic, your mindset. So these are powerful things to know. And when I went to this new dealership, I thought it took me 11 and a half years to not get promoted at this Ford store. And I'm only blaming myself. 
this store, I'm going to stay quiet. I'm going to stay to myself and I'm going to focus on one thing and that's selling cars. That's it. I'm going to focus on being positive. I'm going to focus on doing the right thing. I'm going to focus on everything that I can do to become that trustworthy person that might maybe one day gets promoted. And I gave myself, and I've you probably heard this, two-year timeline. I said, if I'm not a manager in two years, I'm going to move on because now I'm 30 plus and I don't have time. I got to get going. So I put this, this timeline on myself and I gave myself this fresh start and I can put on a new persona. But the biggest thing I chose when I went to this new dealership was success. I chose success. I chose, I want to be successful. And I turned success on in my brain. It was just a new mindset. I want to be a success story. I want to be successful. And I choose to be successful. It's not my actions made me successful. I, I picked it before I even sold my first car. And then my first month, I got second place. I sold 16 and a half cars. The first place guy sold 17 and a half. And I started on the ninth. I would have smoked them. I would have smoked these guys because I chose success. I made more money in that first month at this new dealership than any month I had in 11 and a half years. All because of this. I turned it on. It wasn't, I I mean, I don't know anybody. I, I, I don't even know the process at this dealership. I don't know anything. I don't know a person here other than the manager who hired me and some of the relationships I'm building. So this is the mentality you need to go into this new dealership. Give yourself a timeline if you want to move up. If you truly want to move up or if you want to be like the 18-year guy, guy and stay in sales and have a flourishing career. So pick. I think I do want to be a finance again. I want to give it a try at this dealership. Or I'm going to stay in sales. If you stay in sales, then that timeline really doesn't matter. Other than you can say, I want to start selling 20 cars a month by year two. Like that's my average. So you can still give yourself a little bit of a timeline, but give yourself a timeline, whether you hit it or not, at least you're fighting for something, something greater, you know, something bigger than you. You're fighting for the success, but turn the success on here and do everything you can to be successful. And I promise you, it will find you. Um, I've seen people go from finance to sales. And I've seen people go from general sales manager back to sales. And I've seen failures on both sides and I've seen successes on both sides. And it's all the mentality. Oh, I fell down. I'm back in sales. Da, 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 da. Yeah, with that mentality, you're you're never going to go back up. I'm older now. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Uh, Henry Ford has a, a saying, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're both right. They're both right. Yeah. <laughs> You're exactly. right. Yeah. Henry yeah. Ford was a genius. So to, do you work tomorrow, Jason? Yeah. Yeah. I open up 830. Okay. So tomorrow when you go in, think and, and maybe write some of this stuff down. I want to be a 20 car salesman by in 12 months. I want to Uh, I'm turning on success today. I'm not waiting for success to happen. I'm just turning it on today. I'm going to stay mysterious and I'm going to be a standout and I'm going to put the dealership first, right? These are all things 
that that it takes it's more of up here than it is here that's right yep so i'm sure you watch other sales trainers out there they all have something in common they're passionate whether they're a, a closing type of guy or a product type of guy or a whatever type of guy they're passionate about what they're doing and if jason can turn on the passion about his product his career his ability to help customers, you'll be unstoppable, literally unstoppable. It's a mindset success thing. And that guy that's been there for 18 years that's selling 25 a month, you'll be smoking him. Yes. Is it hard work? Yeah. Is there a lot of hours at the dealership? Absolutely. But it that's what's required to go to that next level. It truly is, you know, doing those mail outs, doing the Christmas cards, doing the birthday cards, making the phone calls, sending the internet leads. Like there's a lot to do to have 25 cars a month sales, you know? Yep. In the, the new place I work now, Kyle, I only live three minutes from it. Mm. So, I mean, honestly, that has a big thing to do with it too, because, Hey, I have a dog and stuff. If I have to run home, get something done. Then I can jet back. I'm off I'm on nice. Friday. Technically. Yeah. If I'm off on Fridays, I can go in do what I need to do. My my dad is sick. He's had like history of stroke and stuff, which is why I really try to be the best version of myself because I'm the man of the house. I have to make it happen regardless. And if I have to take him out, do appointments and stuff and then get back and I can, you know, work at least a little bit for the day, that's still a win in my book. That's still yeah. time invested. And I'm still being productive because Let's be honest, if we take that day off and fail, like I said, it's kind of the analogy of, all right, get back out there. You got to loosen up again. And I kind of want to treat this as like, this is my lifestyle. I can I can go down the street back home if I need something. But the majority of the time, I'm here to make money. Yeah. And that's it. I'm just going to be focused the whole time here and, and not worry about the outside noise. Because like in my past careers, like when I was at the BMW store, thing that I did that it was such a newbie thing was make sure everyone around me likes me you know and I'm a likable co-worker and that's why I think going into this role now at the new place I'm going to repolish my skills I'm going to be better than I ever was before and I'm in charge of my own destiny so that's that I think was a big thing for me was to just after getting punched in the face is to just stay in the fight. And I love it. I have believed in the car business. I, it's done a lot of good things for me. Um, I Before I even sold cars, I was in a 400 square foot apartment. My dad just got divorced. He wanted me to become a police officer. I just got out of the military. And this guy who sold us a car in the past, who was a GS, he was a GSM of a BMW store. He was like, I know you want to become a cop, but why don't you try selling cars? Like you live down the street. You're a nice kid. You like the cars. He's like, give it a shot. No one ever grows up to want to be a car salesman. But I think <laughs> you'll have a really, he goes, I think you'll have a really good time working here and I'll teach you what, what it takes to make money. And that guy was like, I always looked up to him, especially when he was my car salesman. Cause I was like, this guy's smooth. He, he's not pushy. And he's like a guy I would want to be friends with on the outside. Just like the guy I would spend the money with. 
And he's the one that really invited me into the business and changed my whole perception of car sales to like a guy that like, he reminded me of like a high-end sports, uh, sports agent where you're like, oh, that's the guy, dude. That's the guy you want to go see. And that's, that's who I really do look up to in the car business. And that he gave me belief of what it can do. And then after all this time of my father being like, you're crazy for wanting to do that. You had all this time in the military. Why don't you just, you know, take that route? And I knew deep down that I had what it took to start in car sales because I loved it. It didn't feel like work to me. And now that I've started back in sales, still at a really nice brand and a really nice location, I feel myself getting that feel-good feeling about work again. And that's why I wanted to start, you know, meeting with you, training again, because you know, I know what I know now on a personal level and a, a, at a professional level, but I know that I'll never stop learning, no matter what. And as experienced as you are, you're still learning. And so are the greats, you know, the, the, the legends. And it doesn't stop. And I think what I really learned is that just go to work, cancel out the noise, and just focus on what's in front of you and yourself. And that's it. And that's how you make the most amount of money, you know? And when I started at this place, I can already tell there's like the guy that wants to bullshit around and, and gossip. And then the guy that goes out to lunch for two hours, the guy that is looking at the clock. And then there's this guy, Barry, who's always in front of a customer. That's why he's been there 18 years and probably makes more money than everyone on the desk. Yep. You know? So, yeah, I'm a believer in it, man. And that's why I'm like, you know what? It can happen, but I'm going to stay in the fight. I don't care. It's who I am. And that's it's in my DNA, to be honest. Well, I can detect a lot of passion from you about car sales. And and like you mentioned LeBron earlier, LeBron James, think about how much passion this guy has to play basketball. It's it's We call basketball a game when we were growing up. It's not a game. To these guys that are passionate, it's freaking war when they go out on that basketball court. You ever notice yeah. some basketball players are out there smiling and goofing off, and then you look at the greats in basketball, they're not smiling. They're not goofing around. They're at they're, you know, when it's their one minute break to get some Gatorade and sit and the coach pulls them off, they're not goofing around with the guy next to them. They're watching, they're looking, they're like they're serious about basketball. It's not a game to them. And I can detect that passion out of you that this is not just a job or a career. This is a passion. And when you can get that that car DNA in your body, you will be unstoppable. You just have to figure out the logistics of the dealership. The passion's there. Exactly. Once you figure out this and that and that, and okay, this is what you guys mean. This is how you guys do business. All right, watch me go. And it sounds like if you got three in your first week, you're already figuring it out pretty quick because I mean, what is that? Three times four, it's 12 cars already, 12 Land Rovers, probably decent money. But, you know, if you can pull that off quickly, what are you going to be able to do once you start really getting your feet dug into that dealership and getting people asking for you? And make sure you're telling customers, the only way I survive is from referrals. Like, not fresh ups, because fresh ups are thin, especially when there's a lot of sales staff referrals yeah. and, and, you know, different things like that. I want to talk to you about something because I know you mentioned routines and uh, time management. So 
Are you part of any Facebook groups, marketplace groups? I don't have Facebook. I used to back a long time ago, but I, I the only thing I really have now is Instagram. Okay. So I, I this is funny that I'm bringing this up because about a week ago, I looked online and said, number one place to sell a car online and marketplace came up, Facebook marketplace. So we, we're pretty active at my dealership about posting vehicles every day on marketplace and funneling, funneling everyone to your phone number, not putting the dealership name, not showing the license plate, you know, the frame with the, the dealership name, just showing the car, showing some of the stats and call me at this number. And some of the guys post three a day. It's like religious to them. They post three cars a day on marketplace. It takes less than an hour to do this, but they do three a day. And they make between four to five to sometimes six car sales a month from Facebook Marketplace. A lot of people shop on Facebook Marketplace. And I'll ask you this. When was the last time you went to a website? Like, I'm going to go to this website to shop, www.thestore.com. Or do you just go to Google and type in what you're looking for? Uh, usually, honestly, probably Google. I usually Google it and just see what pops up first. Pops up. Yeah. I mean, the only websites I go to on a, on a regular is my dealership's website. And if I want to look at the new iPhone, I'll go to apple.com. Other than that, I'm not typing in websites. I'm not typing in cargurus.com or whatever.com. I go onto Google and I type in what I'm looking for. And just like you, whatever pops up that's relevant, I click on it. So when you're posting vehicles if someone happens to be looking for a 2018 uh defender and you have it on marketplace there's a good chance it might pop up in that google search or they're on facebook scrolling through marketplace and they type in defender and they find you so if you want to stay busy and get into some routines try to start posting at least one to two to three cars a day on facebook marketplace used ones so you you'll have to make a new facebook but only use it to post on Marketplace. Yeah. That's exactly. it. Okay. And then another one to fill in the time for the day is that 30-30-30 rule. I, I don't know if you have one of my workbooks or not, but I told the guys at my work, um, if you don't have something that you're documenting what you're doing every day, you need to write something down. And the 30-30-30 rule is 30 texts, 30 emails, 30 phone calls. 30-30-30. It's 90 activities a day if you can do the 30 30 30 it's 11 activities per hour which when you break it down that's not bad you know 11 activities per hour it's really not bad so if you want the day to go by fast think of the 30 30 30 another one is never wait for a customer always walk the lot look at your inventory and then you'll end up running into a customer um do you guys have a big service department that has customers hanging around Oh, Land Rover. Yeah, we got plenty of them. Those cars, honestly, it's they're great cars. I mean, they're they're sexy. They drive great, but the reliability on them. I mean, service. You will stay busy with with um, service customers. We have a. I'm actually in a really good spot where my seat is. Um, and service is like the service lounge is right to my left, and then the service department's the other hallway down there. And I get along with service really well. 
to be honest with you. I actually know two of them from the gym I go to. And when I took the job, they're like, oh, no way. And I was like, yeah, just let me know. Like, if you ever get somebody that's interested in the car, just come see me down the hall. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know? And that's the thing too. Like what I've learned is that, yeah, you make relationships with customers, but there's people in different departments that not, like you said, not Brown knows them, but let them know that, Hey, if you need help, I can help you. And if I need help, can I come see you? Yeah. You know? So that, that makes everybody's life a lot easier. Yeah. So you foster those relationships with your service advisors. You know, you can bring them donuts once in a while and say, uh, this is just for how hard you guys work, man. And don't ask for anything. Just you guys work so hard back here. You guys are our support staff. Here's some donuts, man. A dozen donuts. Thank you for what you do. I promise you they're going to bring you customers. But being having an active service drive can keep you busy when when no ups are coming in. The Internet leads are light. Walk through and don't walk through your service department as who wants to buy a car. Walk through. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm Jason. I work up front in the sales department. I always like to come say thank you to my serve our service customers. I uh, hope everything's going well. And you know, just all you're doing is meeting and greeting people. You're shaking hands, saying hello. You can I get you a water or anything like that? And then give them your card at the end. If you ever need anything in the sales department, I'm your guy. And you're just planting seeds. But if you can plant 50 seeds a day through service or 10, 20 a day through service. One of those is going to call you for a car, and that's one more that you didn't have earlier. And if you do that every day and you start filling your day with those miniature successes, not only is your day going to go by, but you're going to start selling cars from all these different avenues. <clears throat> the five-car guy a month relies only on ups. The nine-car guy a month relies on ups and internet leads. The 12-car guy relies on ups, internet leads, and outbound activity, You know, trying to get something in. The guy that's 15 is the guy that's doing ups, internet leads, outbounds, working the service drive, and getting a little bit more referrals. The guy that sells 25 is doing everything double time. You know, he's he's you're not gonna get 20 cars a month from one source. Ups. I sold 25 ups last month, said no one ever. I sold 25 internet leads last month, said no one ever, unless you work in fleet or something crazy like that. It comes from all these different sources. So you have to work. This this source may only get you two. This source may only get you five. This source, but you see how they add up. Yeah, exactly. Family, friends, referrals, internet leads, outbound, all these little things. Okay. Uh, learn your, when it's slow, just like you said, learn your product. Don't forget to learn your competitions. Who is the, def yeah. who is the defender's main competition? uh wrangler bronco i mean if if you're really looking at higher higher trims like a carpathian v8 some people compare that car to like a g-wagon to be honest just because it has that boxy off-road look yeah okay so you're familiar with some of the competition and then you i said this in a couple little tiktoks the value advantage per dollar Per dollar, my car has more features, more value than theirs. And I'm not knocking theirs. But if you're truly looking for a best bang for your buck, let me show you my vehicle. And then you do those selling selling points. If you spend 100 grand with us, look at what you get. If you spend 100 grand with right. them, you're going to get a nice car. It's going to look nice and shiny, but you're not going to get as much. And you sound like a smart businessman 
why would you want to buy less for the same amount of money? This is why Land Rovers are pristine in the bet. You know, you go into your sales pitches. Um, how many salespeople are at your dealership? Uh, with me included, nine. Okay. So this is something that I've been thinking about quite a bit. And I brought it up in my last sales meeting. And it made sense to some. and It didn't make sense to others. But it makes sense to me. When you are relying on internet leads to come in, phone calls to come in, uh, ups to come in, you're in competition with eight other salespeople for those. Okay, there's there's nine of you total or 10 total, however many there are. And if five customers come in on the lot that day, there is 10 salespeople trying to get those five customers. If if 20 phone calls come in, there's 10 salespeople fighting over 20 phone calls, you know, depending on how busy you are or how not busy you are, it could be less or more. So you have competition at your dealership. But anything that you do outgoing, not incoming, not internet leads, not incoming ups, not incoming phone calls, but anything you do outgoing, phone calls, texts, emails, going out and getting referrals, whatever it is, you're the only competition. It's just you. When you make a phone call to a customer asking for a referral, there's not nine other people that had that opportunity. It was just you. So when you have your book of business and you're starting to build a clientele, make sure you keep track of everybody you talk to because you may need to call upon these people when it gets slow. And you and there's only uh, one up today and there's 10 salespeople here, but I was able to make 50 phone calls and there was no competition there because it's just me calling these people. So try to stay active in your outgoing outgoing boom how you guys doing this is jason what's going on just keeping you updated on the new stuff that came in i know you're not buying a car right now you told me that last week you're just looking but some new rigs came in whether you buy it or not why don't you come down and check it out this new color came in i don't even know what color to call it i don't know if it's red blue pink land rover makes these colors that are like what the heck am i looking at i love to have your opinion come by and have some coffee with me they come in hey nice to see you man what do you think? Oh, it's pretty nice. Well, what's that over there? You just, yeah, exactly. You never know. It, it's funny you say that, 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 oh, what's this over there? Because right now, I mean, you, you understand the car market and what's going on, but the, the, the big body Range Rover, that car is so hot right now and so many people want it. As astronomically expensive as it is, Kyle, we'll have people you know, they'll want to spend 110 to 150,000 on this car and be on a waiting list subject to change with MSRP. Because as you know, the, M the MSRPs go up every year. Nothing stays the same or gets cheaper. So people will come in thinking they want a full, a full size Range Rover, Range Rover Sport. They can't get it. And they're like, oh, well, what really brought, oh, they look nice. Have you looked at this? And the, the fender since 2020 when that car came back has been like the biggest transition car for people coming in because think about it everybody wants the hot item but everybody doesn't realize how nice something else is until they're in the showroom and you have that energy around you and you have people driving them around you test driving them then people are like wait i now i see what i was blind to that's why people are buying that specific model there so that for that brand specifically, a lot of business, we've been converting them to different models because obviously of availability, high demand. So that that 
NASCAR specifically, the Discovery a little bit, but the Defender's been one that a lot of people have been diving into, not realizing the capability uh, of the car, plus how luxurious it can be just as nice as a Range Rover. Yeah. So that that's what they're they're really pumping those cars out just based on that sole reason alone because hey Kyle you know I don't want to wait a year and then have a surprise a year from now finding out that the car is going to be that much more expensive I'll check out something else instead and then they come down and drive a car and they have that oh shit this is actually really nice moment and they end up buying it and then down the line they could always trade it in and get another one yeah you know you can set up the uh, the trade-in from the beginning. Why don't you come buy this one? And then when the new one comes in, come trade it in. I'll make sure we hook you up. You're, we ain't going to screw you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. It's like they people will do that with people they're comfortable with. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the part that I really, really did miss was just having that like someone can, I mean, people can, you do have the bad customers that they call your cell phone. You're like, Oh, what's this guy want? You know, but those people that'll shoot you a text or a call and be like, Hey man, like let's grab dinner one night. Um, and I want to check out some cars at some point. Like the only thing I got from being in finance was a bank rep who wants me to send them more business and give me like Boston Celtic tickets. You know, that's really it. And pens. But <laughs> yeah exactly but the the car the car sales you know like you said in one of your episodes you had a guy at a country club you went in and you're like hey you can talk to this guy if you need to and get them whatever they want like that's i've had those experiences yes sir yep there's a lot of there's 98 percent of the professions out there you don't get that you know yeah. maybe if you're a real estate agent or a, you're in the car business or something you don't get favors like that with anything else. And I don't do the jobs of the favors, but it's that unspoken benefit that people don't talk about unless you have a master's degree in car sales, like you said. Well, it, what I've gathered from our session, uh, Jason, is you get it. If I can, if I can sum this up, you get the car business and you understand practice before the game. Uh, it's uh, showmanship, you know, customer service. Uh, work in the dealership from every angle like you you understand the car business and i i don't i now i see why they wanted to promote you to finance why they picked you just this hour it's been a little bit over but i'm proud to be able to do a one-on-one with somebody that gets it so you catapult yourself with with the stuff we've gone over what i'm going to do is and this has been a great session if you want to keep it private or public i would love to make this public because you you've been such a, a vibrant guest but you let me know if you want to make it public or private but i'm going to make uh upload this so you can watch it and uh you know stick it in your ear and and listen to what i want you to not listen just to what i'm saying but listen to you listen to what has come out of you in this one-on-one there's a lot of important things that you said that sometimes when we say it we're like what did i say and then you watch it and you're like what did i say like (laughs) yep so, because I, I, I've picked up some things like this guy knows the car business. Now I know why he can go up to the next level so easy. And you you get it. That's what I can sum it up is you get it. So I'll upload this. After you watch it, let me know if you want to make it public or not, um, because that helps me in the podcast. But, man, the last thing that you, that I wanted to talk about when, with time management, because 
the car business is so chaotic. You can't say from nine to 10, I'm going to do this from 10 to 11. I'm going to do this because so many factors come thrown at us. The time management thing that I've learned to embrace is handle it now. If you have a customer yeah. calling you about heat, answer it, handle it now. Yep. Done. I'll get that over. So anything comes your way, don't delay it. If you got to run something to service and you're waiting for a deal to get financed and you instead, I'm just going to wait for the finance to get approved and then I'll do it. No, what call me when it's approved. I'm going to go run this over. Then you don't yeah. have, you don't, you don't have that weight the on your In the car business, Kyle, I feel like the, the once you, I mean, everybody has to hit a certain point to understand this, but nothing will ever get better in time. If you just let it sit and dwell in the car business, it only makes it worse. CSI, CSI gets burned, customer gets mad, your managers get mad, and most of all, you put yourself in a bad position. That's why, like, you just get it done. You just, get it done. You, like, like, for instance, like, there's a customer you have to call to um, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. If you have to call them and you're sitting there wasting all of this energy to be like, well, if he says this, I'm going to say that. If it, you just do it and, 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 and figure it out. You'll be fine. You yep. know? Good. Good, Jason. Well, yeah. that, that brings us kind of to our hour. Um, yeah. Some, but I, to be honest, I could talk car business for eternity. Yeah, me too. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. and and if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? Twenty nine. Okay, so I'm I'm twelve years older than you, Jason. There's going to be a point where I can't do this anymore, right? Who's going to take the reins for a new podcast? Yeah, I used to listen to Porter Pro and I did this and that. And and now he retired and da, da, da. The young guys, the young guns that understand the new technologies that are able to do this and that. And they, they got VR and they're selling cars over, you know, with, with computers in their eyeball. Like, so think about big pictures in that way, too. Like, I could be the next whatever. And, and you will be just... I, I see the passion in your eyes and I see the, the, uh, the charisma and, and it's in your blood. You are a car guy and people love a good car guy. That's why people give you tickets and take you to barbecues and say, here's my country club code and here's symphony tickets and here's my whatever, because they love, a, nobody hates a good car guy. Everyone loves a good car guy. You could be that good car guy that, no, I'm here to see Jason. Can I help you with anything? Nope. Is Jason here today? No, he's off. Okay. I'll come tomorrow. Well, I could help you. Yeah. No, I'm only dealing with Jason. Yeah. yeah, you can't be duplicated. Yes. Very, very good, Jason. Anything else for me? That's it, man. We'll have to do another one at some point. You know, I'm, I obviously got a lot of work I got to get done. And um, I think once I get a little bit more skin in the game, um, where I'm at now, I'm definitely going to – I want to get the book from you too. I didn't get a chance to get the book because I was spinning paper. I wasn't – No problem. I wasn't – yeah, so I got to get that ordered. And um, I'll just I, – I know it needs to get done, but I, I always want to sharpen iron. That's it. It doesn't matter how much experience, how many years I've been doing it. I, I want to invest in myself, and that's why I decided to hop on this with you. And it definitely isn't going to be the last one, that's for sure. Well, I, I appreciate the kind words. I appreciate you hiring me for this one-on-one. -on -one. If you ever need anything, message me. I'm here for you 100%, Jason. Yeah, I appreciate you, Kyle. And um, honestly, you've been there. You've been there for me through good and bad. And um, people, I think people don't realize 
you know, how easily accessible this stuff is for them and how far it can truly take them. You know, I think that's something that every young car professional needs to do is you're only going to get so much in that shift. The real work is done outside those hours for sure. <laughs> I, I appreciate you're on point, there. man. You're on point. You get it. <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate you. You honestly, uh, you really opened my eyes to a lot of parts of the business I'm blind to. So everything you say is true and everything works, man. It really does. All right, Jason. I know it's late over there on the East Coast. You have a good night. No, I'm, I'm going to the gym, man. I don't stop. It's fine. <laughs> well, you have a good night. Be safe. All right, man. Take it easy. Nice, nice to meet you finally. Hey, you too, Jason. Nice to meet you.